Coming up on the Crossfade Podcast, we're going to be taking a look at the Umbrella Academy episodes 2, 3, and 4. Do we love it? Do we hate it? Does the gorilla carpet match the gorilla drapes? I don't know. Tune in and find out. Coming right up. man shit's heating up yo umbrella academy it's getting good mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not all the way through it and these three episodes i mean we were talking about it earlier two and three are a little bit like setup episodes yeah a lot of work gets done it's not like the cra- the crazy episodes but yeah. like it does move the story along pretty quickly yeah, yeah, yeah it's a lot of like development but after that uh, honestly as soon as like as soon as it hits like as soon as it takes off it like it takes off yeah and you're like i don't know man but there's a lot to get a lot to get through today mm-hmm. so let's just let's just go ahead and hop into it all right episode two starting off uh it is revealed that a disagreement between number five and reginald hargreaves prompts number five to jump so far in time forward in time that he reaches the apocalypse gets stuck there and finds the mansion completely destroyed next a mysterious power couple named hazel and cha-cha check into a dingy motel picking up a cardboard box full of arms ammunition and a photo of an old man that is referenced only a reference to only as our guy So it's the guy they're looking for. Meanwhile, back at the diner, Detective Patch and her partner are investigating the massacre that happened when it is revealed that Agnes has already been questioned by Diego. Diego is promptly arrested and placed in the back of a cruiser while Hazel and Cha-Cha stare from a crowd of looky-loos. We find Klaus struggling through withdrawals and the unwanted voices that accompany his sobriety. Pogo also informs him that very sensitive items from Hargreaves' office have gone missing. Five visits the prosthetic center to try and track down the origins of a fake eye he believes is connected to the upcoming apocalypse. Luther tracks down Diego to a boxing gym where he learns that his brother is a janitor there in exchange for lodging in the building's boiler room. Hazel and Chaja kidnap and torture the truck driver from the donut shop who eventually tells them that Five asked him for directions to a department store. Allison confronts Vanya for writing her autobiography showing that Diego is not the only one that is hurt by the book. Klaus and Five learn that their only lead for stopping the apocalypse, the Eye, hasn't been manufactured in the previous in the present time. Five reveals to Klaus that he had a love interest in the apocalypse for 30 years. A man named Leonard starts his first violin class, fucking Leonard, with instructor Vanya, then proceeds to creepily flirt with her until he leaves. Like a little a little too creepy. A little too much too, yeah, I would say. Just yeah. Well, maybe I have the best teacher. Like, Rich, you just got here. <laughs> Luther crosses Diego off his list of suspects that may have killed Hargreaves after he discovers that he had an alibi. Pogo shows Allison the collection of surveillance tapes that were collected over the years. She immediately sets to work and uncovers a very important clue about Hargreaves' ultimate fate. A masked Hazel and Cha-Cha shoot up the department store that Five's hiding in. After some performance issues, Five is able to escape with Dolores after the cops respond to the gunfire. In a flash-forward, flashback, Five stumbles across the bodies of his brothers and sisters killed in the apocalypse. Alright, in episode 3, we open with Vanya purchasing the typewriter she uses to write her autobiography. A montage of her siblings reading it confirms that none of them are particularly fond of it. 
In the present day, we find Vanya arriving late to her orchestra rehearsal, looking longingly at the violin first chair. Back at the Hargreaves mansion, Allison shows Luther incriminating footage of their robot mother taking the monocle off their dead father. Hazel and Cha-Cha are informed by their higher-ups that they will continue to receive periodic cuts in their pay for every day that Five eludes their capture. Allison confesses to Luther that she has used her powers of persuasion on her child multiple times, which is why she lost custody. She then finds Vanya on the street where she meets Leonard for the first time and informs Vanya that her presence is requested at the mansion. Going back to the diner to see if they can find some clues, Hazel and Cha-Cha discover that the kid who was there at the time of the massacre had a tattoo of an umbrella on him. At the same time, a spark is ignited between Hazel and Agnes, the waitress. During the family meeting at the mansion, it is revealed that Diego helped hide the fact that their mother took Hargreaves' monocle after he died. In the process, the extent of their family divide is only made more apparent. Hazel and Cha-Cha follow their lead to the family mansion where they proceed to shoot up the property and beat up Diego and Luther. In the process, it is revealed that Luther has a torso of an ape, much to everyone's surprise. After the shootout, Diego finds his mother cross-stitching a rather big foreshadowing clue. Convinced that, he is finally malfun- that she is finally malfunctioning, he takes out her wiring and shuts her down. Diego and Allison unintentionally and intentionally shun Vanya away for not having any powers. Regrouping back at their motel room, Hazel and Cha-Cha... Hazel shows Cha-Cha that she's managed to kidnap Klaus after the mansion debacle. Episode 4. We open up the episode to find Luther alone in the mansion. A threat to civilization prompts Hargreaves to send him alone to try and stop it. After he returns home on the verge of death, Hargreaves is forced to inject Luther with a serum that we now know gives him the torso of a silverback gorilla. But does it give him the legs of a silverback? Uh, I guess we'll find out. Maybe. In the present day, Luther and Allison find Grace deactivated. Leonard walks Vanya to the practice where they've run into first chair of the orchestra. Cha-Cha and Hazel are unsuccessful in getting information out of a tortured Klaus, prompting them to look elsewhere for more answers. Allison goes to Vanya's apartment looking for her and finds a slightly confrontational Leonard acting super shady as fuck. Very shady. Jacking off all over teddy bears and everything. This man is just, yeah, dirty motherfucker. Uh, Well, we're assuming at this point, (laughs) but just look at his face. Eventually, after finding Klaus's Achilles heel, Hazel and Chacha uncover the location of the prosthetics lab Five is heading to. Victorious, they take Klaus's drugs and light the whole bitch up. They also come to the realization that stopping Five means maintaining the current timeline of the upcoming apocalypse. Luther and Diego track down Five at the library where he is passed out drunk as a fucking skunk. With some spunk in the dunk or whatever you That's say. That's what it's from. <laughs> That's There we go. All right. While still in captivity, Klaus finds himself flashing back to when he was a child and Hargreaves would lock him in the family mausoleum to try and refine his powers like a fucking... Psycho. Dude. Okay. Detective Patch tracks Hazel and Chacha down to a rundown motel... But after the manager stops her from looking around, she decides that she's going to wait for Diego before snooping around. Klaus channels his ability to talk to the dead to get into the minds of Hazel and Cha-Cha, causing the beginning of the rift between the two. Diego takes too long to show, so Patch starts looking around and eventually comes across Klaus tied up and gagged. She's unceremoniously shot in the back by Cha-Cha as Hazel distracts her. Klaus is able to escape with their time-traveling briefcase and disappears in time. After opening it up on a public bus. 
Finally, Diego arrives to the motel to find Patch dead on the floor and only just escapes as the police arrive on the scene. So yeah, man, a lot of stuff. Like we said, a lot, a lot of stuff plays out in these three episodes. dense. Yeah, it's, uh, that's the perfect way to describe it. Super mm-hmm. dense, dude. Uh, like you have, you have like 16 different like stories like oh, a b yeah, c d yeah. e g f it's definitely out of a, order stories <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's definitely a lot of content and i get why this is kind of like the stage in the show where people are like oh it's slow like um, this would definitely be like a turnoff for some people yeah like a lot of dense of a tv a lot of stuff that like you'd really do have to like keep track of oh yeah like People going here, there. I I had to rewind this like multiple times to follow certain storylines. Like, yeah, I would be texting and miss like something, you know, pivotal. Yeah, yeah, you have to like be watching it because I do the same thing. Like where when I'm watching a show and I'm like, ah, you know, Twitter's right here. Let me pull it up or whatever. <laughs> and then and then out of nowhere, uh, Luther has a gorilla gorilla pecs, and I'm just like, what the hell? Wait, did, uh, what did I miss? Yeah. How do you get those? What the fuck? Yeah. So maybe like we'll take. Just, you know, just a quick reaction of each episode uh, individually. Just, like, a quick little, like, one, two minutes. Episode two, we finally get Hazel and Cha-Cha in the mix. Yeah, it's fucking badass. And it's badass, dude. Like, Mary J. Blige knocks it out of the park as Cha-Cha, just like this ruthless killer that's like, I just want to do my job and I want to get paid and I don't like care about anyone. Yeah, yeah, she's... And, oh my god, what's his name? The, uh... The actor that that it, that plays Hazel, it is Heather Sanderson. <laughs> Just kidding, Cameron Britton. Cameron Britton is great, and uh, he needs to be in a lot more things, honestly, because he knocked it out of the park as Ed Kemper in Mindhunter. Yes, he and did. He he's knocking it out of the park as Hazel, Hazel in this show. I don't know if you would be able to make him like a a lead. You know what I mean? Like I don't know if he's. He has enough charisma to be, like, the lead character yeah. in the show. But, he, my God, if he can't be, like, a good supporting actor, this guy is oh, killing yeah. it. Especially yeah. as Hazel and Cha-Cha. Mm-hmm. So, we get them introduced in, in episode two, and you're like, alright, clearly there's more shit going down than what Five is telling anyone. Like, yeah, the apocalypse is happening, too, and he did have to fight these guys in the donut shop. But that was, like, a whole squad and, like, a whole team of... Yeah, a, a a team of people that looks like they would be hunting someone down. Yeah, who the hell are Hazel and Cha Cha? They don't look anything like those those guys that got killed. No, they're like all professional. Looking. Why are they wearing masks? <laughs> like, the, not even just masks. These things are fucking yeah, like bulletproof and metal. Yeah, inflatable bulletproof metal. I don't know. It's crazy. So you got that happening in episode two. You have this whole Allison uncovering this like secret on the surveillance tapes, like all just two step two episodes in, and we're still not done asking questions. We were talking about it last last mm-hmm. week, how just question after just question after question. Yeah. You know what I do like about this show though that I was realizing on rewatching these last couple episodes, there there will be like a big reveal or something at the end of an episode, and then at the beginning of the next episode, it's immediately answered. So like episode two ends with ends with Allison like uncovering something crazy about the about the surveillance tapes and then in episode three it immediately starts with her going to Luther and being like you have to see this and then they, it reveals yeah. that they're talking about like they see that their mom is taking the monocle off Hargreaves or like at the end of ep- of season or episode three 
Luther has his like gorilla body and you're like, what the hell happened in episode four? Yeah. yeah, It immediately starts with how that happened. So I always hate like, um, like as much as I loved lost, I hated that it was always just like, well, you don't know. Like just keep watching. Seriously. There's like enough of a, like you getting answers but also, like, leading, stringing you along, kind of, like... raising questions. Yeah, like, yeah. They, they leave big enough breadcrumbs where you're like, okay, I'm invested in the show, and it's not just, like, a slog to try to get through to the end to see all this, these reveals. Mm-hmm. Episode three, you finally get the, the Hazel Cha-Cha Umbrella Academy showdown for the first time. Well, you see their fight skills in the second one, and the gimbals or whatever. Oh, yeah, that's true. You see how, like, ruthless they are. Like, what? yeah... That's true, I didn't even think Wearing about that. Wearing their bulletproof inflatable heads. Yeah, but that was like a little teaser, you know? Like, you see you yeah. see in episode three that, I mean, Hazel's literally fighting a half-gorilla man and holding his own, you know what I mean? Suplexes he, him, a full suplex. He, uh, an actual, you know how we joke around on the show about everyone's suplexing. This is a legitimate, over-the-top... <laughs> an actual suplex, and yeah. like, I'm gonna guess real quick, preliminary, this... A gorilla weighs like six hundred pounds at least, right? I'd say this fool weighs like five hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this motherfucker is cool five hundred. Yeah, yeah. I could, I could see that. It still suplexes him. He's a big bitch. And Hazel's not even like phased. Like he's like, all right, I guess I gotta fight this half gorilla guy. Yeah. Like, let me get this mace real quick and just. I know that shit was badass though. <laughs> fucking medieval mace. He just he's like looking around all calm for a weapon. Yeah, he's like, ah, oh, I dropped my gun. Let me go and see if this guy has any medieval weapons that I can fucking bash someone's skull and in. he would pick a mace. Right? Episode four, we get a little bit more background story on the origins of the eye. We get a little bit of more work with Vanya and Leonard. Mm-hmm. Um, we get more, uh, like, a, more insight into the, 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 the dynamic between Luther and Allison yeah. and Vanya and Diego more time between like individually like you get pairings of each of them you know what i mean mm-hmm. um you get to see like deeper into into the character of diego and his stuttering problem and 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 he finds his like ex-girlfriend dead and and then klaus disappears like we that there's so much so many things happen that you kind of almost forget that klaus just d- disappears in time <laughs> and, and you're just like what the hell so yeah honestly great start to a show great first episodes to a show that oh, like yeah. if you're into this kind of thing which we are like just <laughs> mm-hmm. it's great yeah, this very like engaging to keep things short we thought that we would do our top our top five but for the entire three episodes and in no particular order we have from episode two klaus intimidating the the prosthetic maker guy, the act, the doctor guy that five is trying to get information from. <laughs> and so five goes to this prosthetics company and is like, Hey, I need to track down who, who, who owns this eye. When it, when was it made? Who was it sold to this, that, and the other. And the guy's like, okay, well you're a 10 year old child. I'm not going to tell you any of this information. Who even are you? How about you give me the eye back and I'll <laughs> return it to who it belongs to. Uh, also where your parents, like we're not going to give you any information unless you have like a parent with you or whatever. Or you dress so. like a fucking weirdo. Yeah. yeah. So he gets normal stuff. He gets Klaus to be act as his dad. And Klaus is just like, so what? I just have to act like your dad or like what's going on? And five is just like, yeah, whatever. Like we'll just play it by ear basically. <laughs> And and the meeting is not going as either of them would like. 
And what I really like about the scene is Klaus kind of just like is looking around and he's like, all right, this isn't really like going our way right now. I need to like think of something quick. And he finds a snow globe and you can see his eyes light up and he's just like, I have the best plan ever. I'm going to just give myself a fucking really bad concussion real quick. Cut myself just all over. Get glass <laughs> yeah. shards in my clothes. Suplexes the the snow globe into his own forehead. Mm-hmm. And just starts screaming about how he was assaulted. Perfect scene. I love this scene. I honestly oh, yeah. wanted to like. It's one of my favorite scenes in the entire series. Like after watching it all over again, mm-hmm. because like you, it's, Klaus is crazy. He's he just a crazy guy. Yeah. <laughs> and well, and first I, of all, he slaps. He's like, uh, oh my god, I completely forgot about he that. Goes, yeah, he's like, um, we're gonna or I'm gonna have to tell somebody about. Like a swollen lip, or what am I going to tell people about a swollen lip? And he's like, "What are you talking about? He doesn't have a swollen lip." And like this guy thinks that their father son <laughs> Klaus just stands up and slaps him across the face. Yeah. Like to be fair, he is slapping a fifty-eight-year-old man in like a thirteen-year-old's body or yeah. whatever the age is. Yeah. But it's it's still like a boss move to be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna slap my kid in front of you <laughs> and blame it on you, motherfucker." Like I'm crazy. You don't want to fuck with us. Give us the information that we want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, call security. A great showing. Gonna- Honestly, a great showing between the two of, like, Five and Klaus. Like, oh, yeah. I wish there was a lot more of the two of them mm-hmm. so far from what we've seen. Yeah. Um, the second one that I have is also from episode two. It's the Don't Stop Me Now sequence at the end that you referred to. Mm-hmm. The Cha-Cha and Hazel versus Five. Yeah. Awesome scene. Badass. <laughs> like, we've already said this, that this show, like, owns the its musical sequences. Oh, yeah. But to even, you know, I'm coming from a, a point of... Like a frame of view that's like, don't stop me now. That's owned by Shaun of the Dead. Like no one was ever gonna make a greater Shaun of the Dead, don't or another a greater, don't stop me now sequence than Shaun of the Dead. And I'm not gonna say this one was greater, but it was like I wasn't mad at it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I wasn't like definitely good. I wasn't like you just bit that off of this other thing, or like Mm -hmm. you didn't do it as good. It's still like the syncs are perfect. The like just the dialogue that they're saying to each other. (laughs) fucking hazel finding a a wrist splint thing like in the middle of it oh wrist splint yes it's fucking hilarious i love him yeah dude another excellent music sequence the third one we have is from episode five it's the no surprise here another musical sequence it's the luther and hazel are duking it out in like the the landing or whatever you call that part of a mansion uh, Chacha and Allison and Diego are all fighting with like a pool cue, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. Chacha has a pool pool cue or something like that, and Diego Allison hits her with it first and then breaks it off on her leg and then yeah, yeah, yeah. breaks it in half and then Chacha picks up both halves and fucks shit up. I like those scenes because I mean, obviously, like it, it gives you another glimpse because as much as this show is supposed to be about a superhero family, it doesn't really show you what they're capable of a lot of the times. It's more of like just them being a family kind of. Mm-hmm. And in this scene, you I, I lo- always love the scenes where you get to see how strong they are. Luther chucks a grown ass fucking Hazel across the across the two rooms, right? Yeah, across two rooms. Like that's pretty strong person to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you don't see Allison's power, but you do see that she's capable. She's capable she beyond fight. just being, yeah, like just yeah. saying words. I think they all are. Doesn't it show like a sequence of them learning how to fight when they were kids? Yeah, but I think I think she more than most, honestly, because like I don't think Klaus like could. I mean, but then again, we haven't seen a lot of him. Which I this is actually she does like a, a sweet ass little move in in that VFW. 
When? The, the, when he's looking at, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil anything, but when he's, there's a I'll vet. I'll take your word for it. There's a vet who's mad that is like, you're not one of us or whatever. And then he comes over. Oh, you, that's he, right. That's right. Oh yeah, that's right. He fights him and he holds his own. Or he oh, doesn't fight him. Well, actually they do fight, but it doesn't show him fighting. But when it does show him fighting, like the little bit, he's, he knows what he's yeah, doing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that. So, yeah, the whole family you see is... Uh, I feel like Reginald or Dr. Hargreaves, whatever... Like, is like, still dead in there? Yeah, like he, yeah. he made them train and shit. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised <clears throat> if, like, there was scenes in the future of, like, them having to fight each other as well, like, because yeah. they're their own competition at this point. Mm-hmm. But then you also get to see Diego, like, curving his curving his knives again, which is, like... We already knew he could do that, but every time you get to see that, it's it's cool. But, like, I'm still kind of lost. Like, what is his... Like, is that his power? Just, like, being able to curve knives or anything he throws? Being able That's to curve anything? Would, like... They do mention... They, they say something in the show like that. Like, just because you can curve whatever you throw. So, I think yeah. it is whatever he can throw. That's a, That's kind of a strange power, but... I'm with it. A little weird. Yeah. How did he figure it out? Was he like playing baseball one day and like, they were like, all right, you're going to be our new pitcher. I don't know. How did any of them find it out? And like every time you pitched, it just went like, like, (laughs) like some Bugs Bunny shit or something like some Looney Tunes. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It stops in midair. Like, (laughs) I don't know. Probably that's, that would be my guess. Okay. Uh, Like how did Allison figure out like, Oh, if I say I heard a rumor rumor. and then you just do and believe whatever I say after that. She just did a Michael Scott thing where she like made a whole bunch of fake rumors. Yeah. <laughs> I also like that scene because you get to like while they're all fighting, Klaus is like completely oblivious, wearing headphones, just yeah. dancing. Like, well, it starts like that. He's like yeah. taking a bath, and <laughs> yeah, they just kind of walk in, Hazel and Cha Cha, and he doesn't hear fucking shit. And he's just poor Klaus, dude. He gets like the shit in the stick so many times in this show, yeah. like just continuously, just like, dude, I. I have a terrible superpower that traumatizes me, and I really just want to live a normal life. Can everyone just leave me alone? And then when he does want to help, they're like, "Go away, Klaus! Yeah. No one wants you." Shut up, Klaus. He's—I'm going to say he's my favorite of the like. I do like him a lot. Yeah. The next one that we have is in episode four. It's the Cha Cha and Hazel dancing scene, which another music sequence. But what is that song that's even playing? I don't know what it's called. Um... Is it in English? No. No, it's not, right? It's like a Spanish, Spanish. song, right? Yeah. It's in Spanish. I don't know. Like, Yeah. It I'm sounds th- like some flamenco-y shit. Yeah, it sounds super like like part, like at nighttime, tiki torches, like you want to be like, you have like a Hawaiian shirt, kind of, you don't get this vibe from that at all? Why are you going Hawaiian? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I was just thinking like on a beach, like tiki torches, and you're wearing like a open, I was thinking, honestly thinking like Miami or something. Oh, okay, okay. Um. But that that I like that sequence a lot too, just because they're they're high out of their minds and they're like, let's light this shit on fire. I like but, when when they're like eating the brownie, like you want some of this, and then uh, Ben's like, are you gonna tell him that it's <laughs> yeah. what kind of brownie it is? And he's like, when they feel it or yeah, whatever. like no, why the fuck would you? If you're gonna yeah. steal my yeah. shit, yeah, then, dude, <laughs> fuck right, you. Yeah. Shit. You're gonna want more than that. <laughs> Ooh, you just ate half. <laughs> okay. Another, like, beautifully crafted scene. Like, this, honestly, this, if there's an award, like, a category for, what is it, Emmys, or what's, like, the TV show, award show? Is it Emmys? Is it Emmys? If there's an, if there's a category for, like, best all-around music sequences, and this show obviously needs to win them. 
the last one that we have is Diego finding Patch. Not necessarily a f- like a favorite scene, but like a heavy scene. Heavy, yeah. I like it just because it shows you a more human side of Diego. Yeah, who's like notorious for just shutting everything down yeah. and off. The only time he ever shows emotion is when his mom, when he has to kill his own mom, and when when he has to, when he finds Patch on the floor, mm-hmm. which is. They did it pretty well. Like yeah. I, I really like that actor. I don't know his name, but Diego, the guy who plays Diego, is is pretty good. So for episodes two, three, and four, we have two new categories. The first of which is most important scene. For episode two, we have we decided on Leonard and Vanya's first lesson. Mm-hmm. So that pretty much sets <clears throat> the stage for the entire rest of the season without like spoiling anything too much. Their relationship does a lot towards developing Vanya as a person, towards connecting the the Umbrella Academy back together against one common enemy. Yeah, Leonard, if you couldn't tell by his stupid face and his weird creepy <laughs> vibes, then he is <laughs> a problem. Starts hitting on Vanya the second they meet. Like, If I were her, I'd be like, okay, I'm only taking kid students, yeah. not like... Get but, the I mean, fuck out. Well, do you know the nuance that I like between them meeting each other is that, like, you can tell that she has had such, so little, like, like people paying so little attention to her that the, this guy is obviously creepy and, like, weird, but, I mean, she doesn't she experience, yeah, she doesn't experience this ever, so. So she's all about it. Yeah, to her, which is really sad if you consider it, like, from her point of view. Like, yeah. Like, even when her sister's like, hey, there's something sketchy about this guy. He's yeah. probably jerking off on your teddy bears. Her refusal to believe it. Like, she literally says, like, or Allison over dinner or lunch or whatever, Allison is like, guys are, you know, on average pieces of shit. <laughs> yeah. And and Vanya's just like, yeah, but I, I like this guy. Like, that mm-hmm. never happens. That's It's so sad, but it's it goes a long way towards her being like, oh, he's showing me attention and love, and I feel appreciated by him. Yeah. And this... Just very abusive relationship between the two of them, like super toxic. Yeah, completely. Just you'll you'll find out. More. Yeah, <laughs> but There's, and I I had the notion that this guy was a fucking piece of shit since the beginning. And yeah, me too. Once you finally see him do his first piece of shit thing, like before the big piece of shit things. Yeah, like, he just does. I'm, like I was like, yes, dude, he's gonna, he's fucking going down. This guy's a right. You feel vindicated shit. that he turns out to be a bad guy because yeah, he's like, I don't like, like this guy for some reason. I didn't want to just not like him because his face sucks or whatever. <laughs> but now I can like say that his face sucks and I feel bad about it. <laughs> so for episode three, we have Allison's failure at being a good sister. She does it twice in the episode, uh, so it's not technically like the single most defining scene. But I went Aspect. ahead. Yeah, I, I went ahead and put that as like the major thing that happens in that episode because at first she's talking on the phone with her ex-husband Allison is and he's like saying that you know he's just being an ex-husband and a dick and saying that she doesn't need to see her her own kid and he's just being difficult to deal with and Vanya you know okay maybe doesn't do the best job of trying to console her sister but Allison completely snaps at Vanya and says like how would you understand you've never loved anyone no one's ever loved you you don't have a kid just like is it really mean to her mm-hmm. unnecessarily which is as important as as important as getting shown affection by a creep is the fact that you're not getting shown affection by your sister by the, yeah your loved ones and then later on in the episode 
went after after Hazel and Cha Cha shoot up the shoot up the mansion and and they're all kind of dealing with the aftermath. Vanya's still standing there and Diego's like like what the what the fuck are you doing here? You could have been killed. You're not helping you out. You shouldn't be here. And Allison sides with Diego and is like, I mean, he, what he's trying to say is that you're not. And then Vanya cuts her off and is like, not like you guys. Like I don't have superpowers. No, I get it. And like storms off. Just two times in this in the episode where Allison could have done better at like showing Vanya that she's appreciated or loved or cares so that she wouldn't like go running into the arms of this. Fucking yeah. guy that's trying to like use her. Mm-hmm. About the first time when she's on the phone, Vanya does kind of like like if somebody just walked up to me and was like, "So pretty mad your uh, piece of shit ex husband?" <laughs> yeah. huh? I'd be uh, like, "Yeah, you fucking asshole!" Like obviously, your ex husband sounds like a dick. And then she's like, "Honestly, you're probably better off here." <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, "No," like, I would have <laughs> I would have reacted the same. Me too. Maybe not that harshly. Like I wouldn't have carried it on, but she definitely was like. She had the right to fucking... I'm gonna say she took it too far. Like, if she would've just stopped at, like, no, I should be with my kid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, if she stopped it there, then it would've been, like, fine, like, that's an appropriate reaction for her being, like, no, I should've, I should be with my kid. Have you ever even loved anyone this much? Has anyone ever even loved you? Like, fucking, that was just a little harsh, and obviously, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. but Allison really fucks up in these episodes, I'm gonna say. But... I will say when somebody calls out Luther's lack of a sex life or a love life, I was happy because fuck that fool. <laughs> God, we hate Luther, but I can't. I can't wait to get to the episodes where we can like start talking shit about Luther and actually like give reasons why. Because like I, I mean, I hate Luther in these episodes too, but he hasn't really done anything too bad. But yeah, but he will. I'm number one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, that that made me mad as like the first time I watched it too. I was like, "Shut, dude!" I, ah, uh, just like that. If you have to say you're number one, exactly, you're not number exactly. one. Exactly. No, I'm the boss. Are you though? Finally, for episode four, the single most important scene is Klaus escaping from Hazel and Cha Cha with the briefcase, because it like. In the overall scheme of things, I would say it doesn't really have anything to do with how the rest of the season plays out, like, the main story. Yeah. But it's... I mean, it kind of does, if you think about it. It kind of leaves them in a fucking Yeah, panic. that's true. It, it starts, like, the chaos, I would say. Like, them losing the briefcase was, like, the first moment where they were like, Fuck. Oh, shit, we need to, like... We might not be in control here. Because before, even though they were taking it forever, they were like, remember Trinidad? Two whole days and nights, you know? Yeah. Like, of course I remember. And they, all, they, all, they also know, like, well, we can... No matter what happens, we'll always just be able to leave here. Yeah. Even if we don't kill five, of, yeah. you know... But now that their briefcase gone is gone, they're like, oh, fuck. It forces them to work with Umbrella Academy later on down the line, too. But I was going to say, it's, it's important for me personally because of how much growth Klaus does... Oh, yeah. After well, disappearing. No, yeah, that, I mean, that's probably my favorite part of the what i've watched so far just like that side story yeah like that shit's deep yeah we'll get we'll get there next week but uh, what i did want to say is that i love how quickly i started to like klaus because like i said last week i was like klaus is he's just like that uh did you ever see the justice league Remember with the show no with ben affleck and oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. And stuff. Yeah, yeah you know how the the flash is just is, like when we when this show when this show started, I was like, oh, he's just a knockoff of that actor that plays the Flash. Like, 
just this twitchy, like funny, mm-hmm. quirky, like superhero, mm-hmm. which is not like not to say like it's insulting because like that guy's like if you're gonna copy anyone, it's like that's a good character to copy. Mm-hmm. But this this Klaus has so much depth, and it shows you like from the get go how much depth he has and like all these multitudes that he has inside of him. He's not just like taking drugs because he wants to take drugs. Like he's taking yeah. drugs because his power he's, is traumatizing. Like he, he has he's trying to bury his trauma. Yeah. And I don't want to like pull too much from the comics because th- th- this is like a TV show, you know, thing that we're doing, but in the comics, he's a lot more powerful, but a lot of the trauma that he's gone through, you would assume that he's already been through in the comics. So I'm excited, like for all of these, all of these things, all of the shit that he's going through. Make I mean, you can see as as it might be his develop, like his yeah. development into this powerful fucking yeah. Because in the comics, like he <clears throat> he can do a lot more shit than he's de- like than he demonstrates in the show. Yeah, it's crazy. That'd be cool because I was thinking like he's number four. Yeah, and his power is almost useless. Yeah, from a crime fighting standpoint. Yeah, no, I mean, well, not really. He can like get he can find out who killed people and all that kind of shit, but like. As far as, like... Fighting? Yeah, like... Like, I heard a rumor... You guys fucking... Fight each other, yeah. Or something. Blowing each other in the back alley. And then <laughs> they're like, what, we we are? And then what? they... Yeah, whatever. Well, Stuff like that. you see... He, he develops some powers by the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So, like, in episode 9 or 10 or something, you'll see how... Dude, don't tell like, me, dude. I won't tell you. I'm just saying, like, he... You know, shit goes down. But even even where he's at at the end of the season is not okay. his full like capacity. So that's why I'm going to say that this is the most important scene of the of the episode because even though it doesn't really affect like Vanya's storyline in, in the long run, mm-hmm. it does do like a lot of work towards him becoming maybe a bigger it role player. It almost flips in his two. character on its head, which is what I like. I have a soft spot also for like characters that use comedy to hide their pain. Just like <laughs> Because same, you know what I mean. Yeah, like yeah. people that just crack a bunch of jokes because like they're hurting inside, but it's e- it's easier <laughs> to just laugh at shit than yeah. than be vulnerable. I, actually, I was talking to Amanda the other day, and she was like, "Who would you say out of like all of the out of all the Marvel characters would you say you're the most like?" And I was thinking about it, and I was like, hmm, "I'm not gonna say I'm like Thor because I'm not like this sexy actual god." But I can't understate to you how much. Like me? Yeah, I mean, me. I would say you're Thor. But um, I was like, I can't understate to you how much I very much identify with his use of comedy to hide all of the pain that he feels from the people that he's lost. Like, yeah, she was just like, Jesus Christ, and I was like, <laughs> but that being said, I'd probably be Korg. <laughs> hey, Amen. Last category before we get out of everybody's hair, the MVPs of the episode. So we got two, episodes two, three, and four. Mm-hmm. Do, do you have anyone mm-hmm. that you want to list before I list the ones that I thought? Or I kind of, in episode two, Yeah, I just want, I don't know if it should be the MVP or if they should, but Hazel and Cha-Cha, just because of their introduction and how like fucking on point they look when they come in, just like torturing bitches and like doing work. Yeah, I would see the only reason I hesitate to give them MVP of the episode is because they don't accomplish anything. Like they actually That's why yeah, they that's actually why I fail. said honorable mention. Yeah, exactly because they they do end up failing at their job, but that's why I said episode 2 is because it's basically just showcasing how they like how they get the job done other than them losing at the end. Yeah. But that's just whatever, you know. But 
Yeah. So, Honorable mention. So personally, I said that MVP of episode two should either be Klaus for pretending to be Five's dad, just like that 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 masterpiece of a performance that he put mm-hmm. on, just mm-hmm. like. But I think ultimately I have to give it to Five just for everything that he's able to accomplish, like finding out that the eye hasn't been made yet. Honestly, just putting the team on his back, like, because everyone is falling apart. Yeah, and it's kind of, like, with him, it's weird, because he comes off as just a big asshole, but you kind of realize that he is doing all this work to save the world and his family. Yeah, and he keeps, like, a singular vision of, like, I need to stop the apocalypse. He's not not... getting distracted by, like, (laughs) bullshit on the side. Yeah. A dumb daughter or whatever. I'm just kidding. With the the coming apocalypse... (laughs) <laughs> dumb daughter. <laughs> Damn, dude. Took you a while. <laughs> With the coming apocalypse, literally everything else fails in comparison. So mm-hmm. the fact that he's able to like keep his attention on that yeah. is what I'm gonna say is why I'm gonna say he wins MVP of the episode. Yeah. Agreed. For episode three, this and this is also why I didn't give it to Hazel and Cha Cha in episode two, is because I'm giving it to Hazel in episode three. Oh, okay. So if you think about his accomplishments, suplexes Luther. He does. That's a fucking big... He could talk some shit after that. Yeah, if you suplex a gorilla, that's fucking badass, dude. I would... Some guy killed a fucking mountain lion with his bare hands the other week, dude. Yeah, dude. Suplex a fucking gorilla. Come (laughs) talk to me. He sparks a love interest. He gets a little hainita. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who owns who owns a di- like a donut shop? Like yeah, she probably Angus is killing it, dude. Yeah, she has money, and she if if I had a girl that made donuts all the time, right? That's what I was thinking. Like, per, like move out to the country with her. I'd be as fat with- as I am right now because Amanda <laughs> doesn't make donuts all the time, but she fucking makes cake and cookies all the time. Mm-hmm. She just banging, bro. Nice, nice. She's not even here part of the year, dude. No, when she not- is. She, you're I'd be, be like the fattest person ever. I'd probably. be a Wally person. You're probably just gonna. F- Probably be the fattest person in the world. <laughs> just kidding. Just shoving all of this, like all these sweets in my mouth, like this is your fault. <laughs> and then the final thing is he kidnaps Klaus. Like that's a that's a three hundred IQ play. Oh yeah. Get, they get their ass kicked and shit is not working out the way that they wanted to. But he manages to nab. So he's like, you know what? Fucking, I'll take some ransom. Or who ultimately leads them to to Klaus or leads them to Five's prosthetics thing? Who? I mean, it does fuck up their entire plan because Klaus disappears with the with the. But it the sets suitcase. in motion Klaus's character development and True. his whole like. If he's pivotal at all, I haven't seen the end of the show. If he's pivotal at all in like the apocalypse or preventing it, then Hazel's directly to blame almost. Yeah, because old Klaus would not have. But even beyond all that, the ep- episode three ends with kidnapped Klaus so you don't know all of this shit that's about to go down so yeah. if you cut it at that point in time Hazel clearly wins yeah for getting his little oh yeah, 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 yeah for suplexing Luther and for kidnapping Klaus mm-hmm. for episode four I think the clear winner is Zoya Popova of course dude. <laughs> she, I mean it, okay what, like it's just a legend Zoya Popova. So, for anyone that doesn't know or doesn't remember, Zoya Popova is the French <laughs> is the French is the <laughs> Russian woman that got killed like by <laughs> Hazel and Cha Cha, who's like just yammering on in Russian nonstop. Just a dead Russian ghost lady <laughs> screaming <laughs> in Russian. 
yammering on to the point where Ben, the brother, is like, who's the dead babushka? <laughs> yeah, Mm-hmm. No, but for real, I'm, no. But also, she she kind of was the reason Klaus realized that he could, yeah, bamboozle fucking Hazel. That's and true. The which set in motion his escape. See, I was gonna give it to Klaus for escaping yeah. and for kind of learning how to channel his powers, like for for being able to like, oh, I could use these how to use them, to, yeah. uh, and and for escaping and for stealing the the briefcase. But we could give it to fucking Zoya Popova. Oh, honorable mention. <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> what about the guy what about the guy that was like, bro, I got fucking ran over like six times? Forward reverse or whatever, yeah. <laughs> I got battery jumper cables connected <laughs> to my nipples or whatever. That guy came in all aggressive. Chill out, dude. We get it. You died like five days ago. Yeah, wait your fucking turn. Some of these people have been dead for months. Years. <laughs> I got jumper cables on my nips. Just fucking all mad about it. Is that how you died? No. <laughs> just, just thought I'd share. I liked it. <laughs> I got, I got a jumper cables connected to my nips. Shit was tight. <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty much this <laughs> this week's episode. A little quick rundown for everyone who wants bite-sized versions of the Crossway podcast. Mm-hmm. This show is awesome, man. And yeah, I'm so is. excited to keep talking about I'm it. I'm really glad we came across or you came across the trailer like right yeah. before it came I mean, out and i'm excited to get to the later episodes because i'm excited for you to like see the shit that goes oh, down i'm gonna watch them tonight okay yeah, for sure so. um if you guys want to participate in the conversation you can always hit us up uh via email at the crossfade podcast js at gmail.com we're on instagram at the crossfade podcast all one word all lowercase we're on Twitter at the Crossfade Pod, all one word, all lowercase. If you have any suggestions, any comments, anything that you liked about the episodes, any of your MVPs, recommendations for movies or TV to do shows, next. yeah, exactly. We have a TV show or TV show schedule oh, you're right. lined up because this year's fucking heavy on the. Yeah, you're gonna want to stay tuned for Barry season two and Game of Thrones season seven. The last current series. Yay, yay. So, yeah, make sure you hit us with that five star, share us with a friend, and keep your eyes eyes open, keep your ears open for next week when we do episodes five, six, and seven. Mm -hmm. You can keep your eyes open, too, I mean, if you want. Yeah, no, no. Close your eyes. Close your eyes and wait till next week. Close your eyes or you're going to see Zoya Popova babbling her head off. All right, man. I'll see you next week. All right. Later. Laters on the Menjay.